Hello everyone and welcome to The Art of Flourishing. My name is Lauren and we are joined today by my friend Paula. Paula Henry is a woman of many talents. She has worked for the Department of Defense for 10 years as a research audiologist before deciding to leave her career to stay at home full time with her children. Transitioning from career mom to stay at home mom was a challenge but ultimately proved to be a fulfilling journey. And now as a life coach, she uses her wit and wisdom to help other women make sense of the tra- tra- the same tradition. Tra- I'm going to read that sentence again. Now as a life coach, she uses her wit and wisdom to help other women make the same transition that she did. She lives in Maryland with her husband, two kids and a Dalmatian who loves her dearly. Welcome to the show, Paula. Thanks for having me. Um... Well, for everyone listening, I want to uh, share with you that Paula is one of our contributing authors um, to the book On Earth As It Is In Heaven, um, where she, in her essay, shares about her journey from her transitioning from her career into stay-at-home motherhood and all the bumps, bruises, um, joys and beauty along the way um and paula thank you so much for doing that and thank you so much for i think especially sharing your vision of a world that is a more supportive of working mothers and b more supportive of mothers making choices that help them live in in integrity with their values um, and with the kind of lives that they want to live as a woman, but also as mothers. So I was wondering if you would start us off by telling us just a little bit more about yourself. Um, tell us what it was like, you know, working full time, having kids, and then kind of feeling the nudge or the desire to transition out of that part of your life into a new season. Sure, I'd be happy to. And thank you so much for having me and uh, working on working on that collaborative book was really um, a great experience for me. And that's the the first time that I've gone through it, but perhaps not the last. So uh, it was it was very enjoyable. Thank you. So um, I am the youngest of four girls, and uh, my father died when I was quite young, leaving my mother with um, four teenage girls and um, and a high school diploma. So she very much wanted for us to make sure that we were uh, financially stable when we got, um, when we became adults. So there was no question for me when I was young, whether or not I would go to college, it was which college would I be going to? So it was ingrained in us early on that we needed to be independent, strong women. And it was assumed that we would have a career. And uh, if we wanted a family later, that that would happen. Um, so, you know, having that push, that was my drive. Uh, starting in high school, I set forth on a path. I was going to have a career. I um, would become an audiologist. And, um, you know, I would worry about the family issue later on. And so for many years, that's what I did. And it wasn't until I was about 30 years old that my career was finally established and I said, okay, what, what, what else do I want to look at my life? What, what else do I want for my life? And that is when it occurred to me that I really did want a family. 
um, the the desire hadn't been there beforehand because I was focused on my career. But I said, no, no, I, I do want a family. And so my husband and I, um, you know, made that decision to, to start a family. And we had uh, two children in a little over two years. And I continued working full-time, um, plugging away. My children were in uh, an in-home daycare. They were doing great. Um, so it wasn't until they started going to school that things really started pushing against um, my career. I just felt like uh, I needed to be more present for my children. And um, as I told my boss, there were days at work where I wanted to be at home and days at home when I wanted to be at mm. work. But when the, when the days at work where I wanted to be at home outnumbered the, the reverse, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, when, that's when I really needed to make a change. Mm. And so, uh, with like with many women, I tried different things. I tried to work part time. I also did some work from home, and in the end, I just decided that that none of that was working well enough for me because I just felt like I was being pulled in two directions. So I made the decision to leave my career and stay at home with my kids. Can you tell us a little bit about what that felt like? Like I, okay, I just wanted to kind of bear witness to your experience. We grew up on completely different continents. I also, um, my parents divorced when I was eight. And the message that my mother embedded in my brain from the day she moved into her own house was you need to be financially independent. You need your own house, you need your own car, you need your own money, you need your own career. You need to never, ever, 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 ever have to stay with somebody because you need to eat. That was her like parenting pearls of wisdom for 10 years, right? And so right. I experienced, I guess, a similar theme within my life choices in terms of choosing career, um, prioritizing career, and then and then at some point when my children were young going, oh my God, I don't, you know, this is tough. Um, and I know for me, and this, I mean, of course this doesn't have to be true for you, but for me, when I finally succumbed to or surrendered to what I wanted, which was to be home with my children or what I just felt like I needed to do, which was to be home with them. It wasn't a cultural pressure thing. It wasn't a, it wasn't anything other than what I wanted. It was still so hard. Mm -hmm. It was blind sidingly difficult. I personally, I experienced one of the darkest depression seasons of my life. I felt completely inadequate using full-time mom muscles. I felt like I had none <laughs> and the path mm -hmm. to finding some was really terrible. And like, I just felt completely out of my depth. Um, and it was probably like, I knew it was the right decision to make, but it was also one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to follow through on in my life. Can you tell us a little bit about like what that was like for you? Um, I just think that mothers and other women like we don't talk about what it what it is or what it feels like in those moments or day to day. And I was just wondering if you would mind kind of unpacking. Yes, you made the decision, but what was that? What did living that decision actually look like, especially in like the early days? 
Sure. Um, thank you for sharing your experience. I think that all moms, at least um, I can only speak to American culture, all moms in the U.S. have a struggle between the energy they spend on their family and the energy they spend on their job or career. And every woman has to make the best decision that she can for her work and her family. So I, I feel that we have quite a bit of pressure to do both and do both equally well. And so when I decided to leave my job, there was, I was perceived, I, I perceived that people would judge me, mm-hmm. that I would, had wasted my education, that I was, you know, not living up to the expectations of others, that I wasn't able to handle my career and my family. Um, so just like with you, there was a, a lot that I had to unpack. Um, it was very scary. Uh, like you, my mother instilled in us for us to be financially independent. So now I was going to be reliant on my husband to support all of us. And that I found that very stressful and scary. Mm-hmm. Um, once I got used to the idea of staying at home, there was a time when I was in denial. I approached staying at home as a temporary thing. I was going to return. I was going to be back. This was only going to be for a short period of time. And then everything would settle and I'd be able to, to do that. So in that denial stage, I found myself introducing myself as, well, I, I was a research audiologist for the Department of Defense, sort of as a, as a justification to um, not say I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I don't right. particularly like that phrase at all because being a stay-at-home mom is quite challenging, as you mentioned. There are quite a few struggles. It does take a lot of work. And, um, but when women choose to do that, sometimes people look down on them. Like there's, oh, anybody could do that. Why, you know, why aren't you pursuing your career? And that's the unfortunate part, um, within our society. And that was what scared me the most. Mm. Yeah, I think I, I resonate with everything you just said. And I, I'm thinking about how, whether or not, most not all but a good chunk of the how disorientating it was was my perceived what I was perceiving as being judgment or um I guess maybe some incongruence I had these deep-seated beliefs that I didn't even know I had about value about what gave me value what made me valuable what made my life valuable I had very deep subconscious ideas about, you know, um, what was, you know, like, quote unquote, the right thing. And like you said, being told your entire childhood about how you could not be dependent on someone and then having to depend on someone, um, you know, and then, yeah, we have a culture that that sends very mixed messages. You're doomed if you do. You know, you're doomed if you stay at home because you're not ambitious enough, but you're also doomed if you choose a career or choose to have a career in addition to raise a family because then you're not present enough. Um, And so I think that kind of brings us to 
the, one of the themes of the chapter or the essay that you contributed to the On Earth As It he- Is In Heaven book, which is, um, could we not create or reimagine our culture um, and reimagine where we, how we define the value of womanhood to be just a little bit more flexible um, and not focused or centered on a stereotype or a caricature, you know, that none of us or a box that none of us can actually fit into, um, Mm -hmm. but maybe create a, a system which is supportive of a woman being who she is, um, and being available to who she needs to be available in whatever season of her life that is. Um, absolutely. Can you share with us just like a little bit of kind of what your hope is in terms of what you're doing in your, in your home business at the moment, right? That you're coaching women through similar struggles. What is your hope for the woman that you work with? Um, what is your hope for women in general, in your own words? I think that um, women need to know their own worth and be comfortable in the roles they choose to fill. So if a woman is pursuing her career and having a family, she needs to know that she is valuable in both of those Mm -hmm. and be willing to negotiate her way through that, um, that mix. Uh, In preparing for writing the the chapter that I wrote, I interviewed a fair number of women and asked them what worked for them, what didn't work. Um, And it was a mix of women who are currently working and raising their children, as well as some who have left their jobs. And I found one person who had what I considered the ideal situation. She has two children. She has family who is close by, Mm. and she has a job in her career, but she only works um, three days a week. And within that, she still has full benefits with her job, um, and she is able to um, pursue continuing education to stay, um, you know, on top of her career and everything. Her schedule is flexible, and it's in sort of a a job-sharing scenario so um and she's not the only one that does that within the place where she works and it has worked for her from the time she left on maternity leave with her first child and I think it's the flexibility the you know ability to leave your job if you need to to pick up your kids because they're sick um to take time off to go on the field trip um but also um being able to be supported in your career mm-hmm. um, with, you know, a lot of, a lot of full-time employees are working full-time in order to maintain benefits. But yeah. if you can work your job part-time and still maintain your benefits, that's, that's admirable. <laughs> it, and it's rare. So the fact that she has this situation combined with having family clothes, um, for me, I did not have family close by, so that was a contributing factor to um, my my decision to leave my job. And so I think that that is also key. We 
more recently, people are moving away from their families, so they don't have them close by. And I definitely see a difference in their ability to um, meet, meet all of the needs of their kids. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to try and condense what you what I heard you say. Like, sure. succinctly, support network for the family unit and support network in the workplace. That Like, yeah. a supportive home base that is broader than just the nuclear family unit and a flexible, supportive career um like work environment and work network and i just love Absolutely. i mean i'm just like please can you send me send me uh send me the name of that company i want to celebrate them um <laughs> but yeah like i think that we I, what i love about that what you just described and i'm sure everyone listening is like oh my gosh that sounds like heaven um which is mm-hmm. which is awesome um is the creativity and the innovation that has been used in order to support the belief that a woman's creative contribution to a team, to a goal, to a project is valuable enough to make those kinds of sacrifices, to think out of the box, to kind of defy convention and to find a way for her to be able to make that contribution in the workplace, but still make contributions, the kind of contribution that only she can make within the family. And I, th- I think Absolutely. that, I think what I, I think maybe what a lot of us have a hard time with without realizing it is this polarization of ideas that you can either make an incredible contribution to your family or you can make an incredible contribution to the workforce, whatever it is, whatever that looks like. And I think that to be able to hold space somewhere in the middle um, and believe that my giving my best to my family does not mean that I can't give my best to a team or to the workplace and vice versa, I think is kind of a courageous and really innovative Thing to believe about the kind of world that we could maybe live in as a as a, ra- a human race right <laughs> um yeah thank you for sharing that i love that and i love i mean i just think it's so important that we hear these kinds of stories because i think a lot of us stop hoping for more or different because we've never seen it we don't know it exists absolutely um I think that we have the mentality, like you said, that we have to be all or nothing. Mm-hmm. And you either have to be an all-in career or all-in family. But I don't think that that needs to be the case. And so if you can have a supportive system in both of those realms, that you could really make it work well. And um, my friend who is, is doing that, I think um, she has hit on it. I love that. I love that. What a, I mean, like, that's such an inspiring vision of the future. Um, and I just love that there is at least one template out there that if people wanted to figure something out, they probably could. Um, like, if our organizations wanted to become more supportive, 
there there are people that they could learn from and they could figure out a way forward for that. Um, what would you mind sharing what a glimpse into your everyday ordinary life that feels like flourishing to you looks like? Well, these days my kids are now teenagers and um, what looks like flourishing to me is spending time with my kids and my family. Um, most recently, we COVID has been kind of crazy. We were finally able to take a family vacation this past April and just the spending time um, making memories, having fun, exploring a new area, that is what is flourishing for me. So I, I take that sense, that happiness that we had in our vacation and try to transfer that to other parts of our days and our lives. I take my kids on adventures during the summer, even though they're teenagers, we're still doing stuff. Um, yesterday, something as simple as a milkshake run. Mm-hmm. can bring um, a whole lot of joy to our family. And so those are the sorts of things that we're, we're doing. It's just to find time to have fun and enjoy each other's company. I love that so much. We, we don't do milkshake runs in our family, but we do iced tea runs, which I, I don't know if there I'm a fan. Yeah, but there's a, an incredible Texas iced tea, sweet tea shop here in mm-hmm. Waco, and they've got like 25 different flavors of tea. And it's like my kids, wow. I know, it's my kids' favorite day where I go, let's go grab some tea. And they're like, yes. Um, there we go. Yeah, it's a, it really is small things um, that done in the right time with the right people, I think, can make a, a world of difference. All right. Absolutely. So one of the things that we're doing on the podcast is we are collecting like a the proverbial flourishing toolkit from all of our guests. And so... I want everyone to kind of like imagine that we've got this giant toolkit that we're mm-hmm. that each guest in our tool that each guest on the show is kind of contributing a flourishing practice or tool or just something that has made a profound impact on their life that they like to share with our listeners in the community on the podcast. So my question to you, Paula, is what is your favorite or what has been the most impactful? soul gardening or flourishing practice in your life that you'd like kind of like to share um, with the people listening today? My favorite thing to do is just spend time in nature. Mm. I find that um, completely soul flourishing. Even if it's just a small amount of time, that is sufficient for me. So when it's a nice day out, if I have been inside most of the morning, I try to go outside on our deck and eat lunch have some sunshine, you know, some fresh air, and just take a moment to to drink it all in. I am always in awe of God's creation and taking in a sunset or a thunderstorm or taking a walk in the woods for me is what what definitely fills my cup. So I consider those to be soul-flourishing activities. I love that. And ditto. I'm also an outdoorsy. Like that's if if I need something in a pinch, I'm like just go outside. That's my mm-hmm. emergency. Like break glass in, in case of emergency. Go into the woods in case of emergency type situation. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um. And as we kind of wrap up today, do you have a favorite piece of literature, whether that be a quote from a song, a poem, a book, an Instagram post? You know, you name it. 
um, just words of encouragement that you'd like to leave with us um, and what they mean to you. Sure. My favorite poem is Robert Frost, um, The Road Less Traveled. And as I think back on my life, I have been living that. I first encountered that poem when I was probably in middle school or early high school and have held on to it forever. The, the line in there that two, two paths diverged in, in the woods and you took the one less traveled by, and that's made all the difference. Mm. I think that um, reflects what I've done in my most recent life in um, choosing what's no longer considered a traditional path by staying at home with my kids rather than my career. Um, but I hope that it has made the difference. I hope it's made the difference in my children's lives. I hope it's made the difference in other people's lives and going forward, um, helping other women. I hope it makes a difference for them. I love that. And I love that poem too. It's a good one. Well, Paula, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for imparting um, encouragement, wisdom, and like truly an alternate future, like a vision or a glimpse into what is possible when we think outside of the box, when we kind of defy convention and get a little bit innovative um, about living in integrity and true to our values. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for your contribution to the book On Earth As It Is In Heaven. And thank you so much for your story. Thank you so much for choosing the path that you did um, and for inviting others to walk on it with you. I appreciate you. Thank you, Lauren. And I appreciate you. Thanks so much. Have a great day.